Well, hello and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I am the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And what you have today is our New Testament devotion that is following along with our 2022 Bible reading plan. And so today, as we are now on Friday, the the last day of the week, the very first week of January, we are going to cover the fifth chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Now, what I want to do today is I want to kind of give just a a brief overview of the chapter, and then I want to zero in on on one verse that I think encapsulates a lot of the the heart of what Jesus is teaching in this chapter. And so Matthew chapter 5, if you're not familiar with it, this is the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And this is what would be considered maybe the the greatest sermon ever preached by, without doubt, the greatest preacher who ever walked the the face of the earth. I mean, think about it. This is Jesus, the one who is the word of God, the one who is uh, divine. He's God in the flesh. And he is now speaking truth to to those who listen. And that truth has been recorded throughout the generations and it's now delivered to us. And so this, uh, this chapter begins with what are called the Beatitudes. And these are descriptions of those who the kingdom of God is open to. And so Jesus is really, he's opening up the kingdom of God to those who maybe society might say, ah, you're kind of down and out, or you're going to be pushed to, to the margin, or you're on the edges. And, and in these Beatitudes, Jesus is really, he's, he, he's saying the kingdom of God is open to anyone really who is willing to be humble and who's willing to come in faith is a lot of the heart of that. And so he begins by opening up the and extending the kingdom of God to, to, to anyone who's willing to be humble before him. And then Jesus talks about being salt and light. And then you have really the, the major section of this chapter, verses 17 through 40, 48. Jesus begins to talk about the law of God in different aspects of the law of God. And so the, the, you know, beginning here, verses 17 through 20, he's talking about how he is the fulfillment of the law. And then he talks about how the law of God relates not just to murder, but to anger. And then not just to adultery, but to lust inside the heart. And then he applies the law and and talks about the law in terms of, or in relationship to divorce and then to oaths. And then he lands on love of enemies. Now here's, Here's what I want to zero in on today. Here's what I want to encourage us with, and and I want us to think about a little bit. You see, this conversation about the law, uh, from Jesus being the fulfillment of it, to the way the law um, and obedience to the law goes deeper than just the externals, that's really what Jesus is talking about here. He's showing that that internally, um, an internal rightness with the law, an internal righteousness is is actually the requirement. And it's not just simply the external ability to check certain boxes. Here's what I mean. Uh, Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But then he presses deeper and he talks about calling someone an idiot or, or having anger in, in your heart and, and really kind of having fostering murderous intent in our own heart. Murder of the heart is what it's been called. And, and so you might be able to say, oh, I've never killed someone. I've never murdered someone. But, but internally in your heart, if you have hate toward them, Jesus says you're just as guilty. The same is true with lust. Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Uh, but then he he presses it deeper because you might be able to say, well, you know what? I have never had a adulterous relationship with anyone. I have never slept with someone, um, been sexually intimate with someone who is not my wife. But Jesus says, but if you look with lust upon a woman, 
you have committed committed adultery in your heart, adultery of the heart. And so Jesus, he, he says, it's not this external obedience that you say, you know what, I, I've done the minimum that the law requires, or I've I've got away with as much as I can. I've, I've gotten as far up to that edge as I can. Jesus is saying that that's not the point here. He's saying that there is an internal conformity to the spirit of the law, to loving God and loving neighbor. In fact, if you look at the the one verse that I want to zero in on, it's chapter five, verse 20. Jesus says this, he says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Never enter. He says, you have to have a greater righteousness than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, in Jesus' day, the scribes and the Pharisees, these people were looked up as, they were looked up to as the most righteous. These were the the virtuous ones. These were the ones that held the the spiritual authority, that, that had spiritual leadership. They were the examples of righteousness. And Jesus says, you, you have to have a righteousness that exceeds theirs. The average person would look at that and say, how am I ever going to have a righteousness that will match theirs? This would be, this would be impossible. In fact, this is impossible on your own. You and I, we can never exceed that righteousness because the reality is Jesus just, he just increased the expectation by saying it's not about external conformity, but it's about an internal alignment with the, the desire, the heart, the character of God. We look at that and we say, my ship is sunk. I, 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 can, never, I can never have that kind of righteousness on my own. See, this is the point. Jesus has just told us that he has come to fulfill the law. He has come to be the perfect law keeper. When Adam failed to keep the law, Jesus failed, or Jesus didn't fail. Jesus kept it perfectly. When Israel failed to keep the law, Jesus, he kept it perfectly. He fulfills it perfectly. And when you and I fail to keep the law, Jesus has kept and fulfilled the law perfectly. And then you know what Jesus does? Jesus ends up taking the sin that you and I have, the consequence for that sin, and he he goes and he pays the price for it in full through his death and resurrection on the cross. This is often called the great exchange. It says, when Christ, who is the righteousness of God, became sin so that we who were sin can become the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 21. This is that that picture of, of you and I, we have now been given this gift of righteousness. We we now have a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Because we now have that righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, we are not we are not excluded from the kingdom of God, but we are now included. How? But by faith, not by not by trying to be good enough on our own, not by working harder or being better. Listen, we need to set that aside. You and I, on our own, we cannot have the moral standing. We cannot have the righteousness that is required to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We cannot have that on our own. You and I can never be good enough. But here's the great news. Here's the wonderful news. Jesus was perfect. He fulfilled the law. And then he credits those who believe in him with that righteousness. See, see, today's devotional, it's not a devotional that takes the law and throws it away. Jesus doesn't do that. He, he applies it even more deeply. 
but that's meant to be an encouragement because you and I, when, when we trust in Jesus, when we are given a new heart, when we're reborn, when we're regenerated, we are now made new and we are given the righteousness of Christ. And so today I want you to rejoice in that. I want you to rejoice knowing that when, when God the Father looks at you, if you have trusted in Jesus and his death and resurrection, when God the Father looks at you, he, he sees that you have been given the righteousness of Christ. And so he, he welcomes you into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, as this video comes to a close, I, I hope when it's done that you'll just take a minute and pause and you'll go before the heavenly Father and you'll say thank you. You'll say, thank you for your son, Jesus, for his righteousness that has been given to me. Thank you that not because of anything I've done, but because of everything Christ has done, I now, I have entry into the kingdom of heaven. I'll make sure to take a few moments and, and thank him. This is really what, what we need to apply to ourselves today. In our modern day, full of all of this expectation, you need to be this, you need to be that, the ancient way is to look at what Jesus has done for us, who he is, and then to believe and rejoice.